0: Hey guys, Brian Davis and Denny Sibley here from Spark Rental. Happy Tuesday!
1: <laughs> Hello everyone.
0: Or, or later days if you're if you're listening to the podcast after the fact, but we do broadcast this live every Tuesday at two o'clock Eastern, eleven a.m. Pacific, through our Spark Rental Facebook page. So it's not all. Pristine and perfect and edited and touched up and <laughs> <laughs> after the fact, uh, you know, it's it's raw and live. But the good thing about that is you guys get to ask us questions as we go and have have a dialogue on here. And it's not just Denny and I talking at. So last week we talked all about how to deal with bad contractors because I personally find that contractors are one of the most difficult parts of being a landlord, being a real estate investor. Uh, Denny's married to a contractor, so I know she agrees. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, today we're talking about anti-landlord laws. So cities and states with extremely tenant-friendly laws that make life really difficult for landlords. Um, you know, the, the eviction moratorium has really opened a lot of landlords' eyes to the not only the anti-landlord sentiment that's really been growing in this country uh, for the last few years, uh, but also how regulation... Can really impact your bottom line as a landlord. So, Denny, you know, let's let's talk first about just the the context of rising anti-landlord sentiment and regulation. Um, you know, the calls for rent forgiveness be, that are becoming more and more shrill all the time. Um, I mean, w- what are your thoughts on this?
1: Oh, I mean, I think that um i get the balance you know there are probably people out there that truly need help but unfortunately um, i think that this has been swayed more to uh, a lot of the people that don't need help and are taking advantage of the system and therefore landlords especially the ones that own one to four units that are you know just making it are really getting hurt right now and
0: Well I want to I want to push back uh for one second here. Um I mean having so it's, there are a lot of people out there in the pandemic who did lose their jobs, right? They did mm-hmm. need help. But didn't they get that help in the form of extended unemployment benefits? They were extended in two ways. Uh one they were extended time frame wise, right? Cuz most states uh historically they put like a 6 month cap on unemployment benefits. But that 6 month cap was removed during the pandemic and extended um uh, towards the latter part of this year in 2021. Uh, and they were also extended dollar wise. Uh, a lot of people were earning actually more from their unemployment benefits than they were earning from working. Um, so, I mean, didn't, weren't tenants already, people who needed help, you know, people who legitimately lost their jobs, weren't they already being given assistance with paying their bills through unemployment assistance?
1: I, yes, I don't think it was right away. And I think there, you know, there is a waiting period in between. And I think that there, you know, just to be the devil's advocate here, and I'm probably not going to have fans for saying this, but I think (laughs) that there is, um, you know, good and bad on both sides realistically. So we do have, sorry, I thought I shut that off. See, we're live.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We did mention that we're live, right?
1: (laughs) Um, I do believe that there were tenants that, um, were hurt, but I think they are the ones that were quick to make sure that they caught things up. And as soon as any help or aid came to them, they took care of it. And then you have, unfortunately, which in my experience lately is the majority are the ones that are taking advantage of a system. Um, And unfortunately, you know, there are good landlords that are getting hurt.
0: No question. Um, but yeah, I mean, just listening to some of the, uh, anti-landlord rhetoric around the country, um, you know, calls for permanent eviction moratoriums uh, for some people from the far left calls for widespread, massive, uh, rent bailouts and rent forgiveness. Um, you know, I think it's really worrying as a landlord and as a real estate investor. Um, I, yeah, I, I worry about where we're headed from a regulation standpoint. Um, you know, both federally and on the state and city level and some of these more tenant friendly states, which we'll get into in a minute. And some of these really particularly bad cities. Um, well, and by the I way, I think
1: there are, and again, I hate to get all too political here, but <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's inherently
0: political, you know, it, it it just is. is what it is. Like, but I
1: think our government sets things up for people to be anti-landlord. You know, I mean, it's, it's well, sure.
0: And it, In a democracy, there are going to be way more tenants than there are landlords, and democracies are fundamentally a popularity contest, right? (laughs) But
1: I mean, we... look, everyone, we need landlords, because if you didn't have landlords, you wouldn't have a place to live. I mean, truthfully, yeah. if you can't buy, then you need a landlord. And the, the idea, like I see these landlord hate groups on social media and things like that. And I, of course, there are some bad landlords, but for the most part, the people I know, they work hard and they do take care of their units. And, you know, it's just a shame that there's this kind of attitude out there. You know, I mean, you, you're you not going to walk into Walmart and because you are having hard times, you're going to just grab stuff off the shelf and chuck out of there. You know, right. that's not going to happen. It's Nobody's so yelling theft. at them. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yet when, you know, somebody is blatantly like we're not checking out stories we're not doing anything like that and we're just handing them free rent or sure stay there for as long as you can because the <laughs> cda who has no bearing in any of this anyway is telling you that cdc <laughs> i always do that i always An uh, a for ass sorry but um <laughs> anyway I, I i get mad at that
0: well so do i and so do a lot of our our readers so we sent out a newsletter this morning talking about this broadcast talking about the two interactive maps that we made um breaking down anti-landlord laws around the country uh and by the way denny if you could share a link to that um so we, yeah we heard back from a lot of landlords who are really upset about the way this is going and you know christina colin just commented here um she makes a great point she says the thing is not our responsibility to provide for our renters to provide them free housing Uh, you know why should we be subsidizing their housing um like you said denny you know just because someone is out of work that doesn't mean they can walk into a grocery store and just load up their cart with whatever they want for free and then walk out of the store right right um so christina goes on to say i think society has become too entitled too sensitive and expects too much without any effort um christina i happen to agree with you (laughs) um you know, but you know, as from the rest of you guys, let us know your thoughts on the matter. I mean, obviously, it is very controversial, um, and we want to hear your thoughts. This is an interactive show, um, so as we let's dive in here, Denny, to talk about the state level because there are there's you have the state level landlord tenant laws, and then you also have some cities that layer on their own landlord tenant laws on top right. of the state laws. So let's just do a really quick overview of what state landlord tenant laws look like, and you know how how they can be either more tenant friendly or more investor friendly
1: well um uh, one of the things is um how they handle security deposits let's start with that some um some states have separate landlord tenant sections of the law just how on, on how the um security deposits have to be handled and you know some some of them won't allow there's you know normal wear and tear but there's certain things that aren't considered normal wear and tear by some states that some some people would think it you know what i mean there's like so much gray area and the states will favor the courts will favor a tenant so if you're going to court and there's disputes there most likely the tenant is going to win in that there's um oh my goodness, How, how you, where you keep your security deposit, how much interest you're going to pay. I mean, they, they tell you when you can pick your nose, basically. I mean, it's <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Um, there are some states that will say if the um, winter months are, there's a, they give you a certain degree. And even even the amount to me is a little odd because I wouldn't be cold at that point. I mean, <laughs> I would I mean things like that. And, you know, we're one of the cities that shocked me was charging landlords for not getting on top of a heat repair. Well, I know that I managed an apartment complex and it was a boiler system and the boiler system went down. Well, you don't fix a boiler system in even 24 hours. It took us a, while, a little while. Now, I, what we did do is we made sure everybody had a space heater. Now, if we were in the city that I'm speaking of and I forget which one it is, we would have been fined. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's just... It's it's tough. And I I know um I tend to be a little softer on certain things. So I like I know Brian says a lot of like, don't invest in these cities. And I mean sadly we some of us need to invest in these cities because housing needs to be provided. But um you
0: don't have to invest anywhere.
1: No, you're <laughs> you right. I mean we don't we, we, we don't. But I mean I guess what the what astonishes me here too is what happens though is the landlords are going to stop. People will stop investing in these cities and um, the prices are going to plummet. And, and then who gets hurt? Any, you know, every, it's, it's like a lose-lose situation, but yet we still have these lawmakers tipping the scales
0: of course so you know and kevin thompson uh to that point says it's helping to create a rental shortage these regulations encourage landlords to sell especially when there is a current housing price boom um and also contributes to sky high rent increases uh because of the same thing right because Mm -hmm. you have a a rental shortage so there's not enough supply um effectively harming the people they are supposedly intending to help and kevin's 100 percent right in fact uh, uh, we had a woman marina comment on that article with the interactive maps that we just shared, uh, right. she commented this morning about how she is, she has a rental property in Portland or had a rental property in Portland, uh, which we're going to talk about in a minute as, as a prime example of a terrible city for, for landlords. Um, and because of the a recent set of laws that they just passed in Portland, the anti-landlord laws, they're selling, they're they're And not only are they selling, but they're, they're selling that house to a home buyer. So that, that unit is being taken off the market, right? right? It's, it's no longer a a rental unit that's available in that city. And so that's to Kevin's point, that's exactly what's happening. Landlords are just unloading their units in these cities, uh, driving up rents uh, and driving down the, uh, the supply. So yeah, I mean, you you can't regulate your way to just make the market, whatever you want it to be. Mm -mm. Um, Anyway, (laughs) <laughs> so here, a couple other Ooh. quick comments about state laws. So, you know, some states have very slow eviction timelines in others. It's a little more streamlined. You know, they could have very low limits on security deposits, you know, such as one month rent, one and a half months. Rent, right. Um, as opposed to letting the landlord charge what they want, they could put low limits on fees like late fees or NSF fees, uh, insufficient funds fees about, you know, which are bounce check fees, basically. Um, and they can so, they have you know,
1: forced um amount of time before you can even collect a late fee
0: yeah (laughs) and in some cases it's really long yeah in some cases it can be 30 or 60 days that that when the landlord is not allowed to charge a late fee so you know a few examples of particularly bad states as far as landlord tenant laws uh vermont is is not landlord friendly delaware is not landlord friendly uh arizona new jersey hawaii rhode island these are states that are not Massachusetts, massachusetts um but I want to, let's let's drill down to the city level. So every state has its own landlord-tenant laws, right? Some are more landlord-friendly, some are more tenant-friendly. Most cities do not have their own landlord-tenant laws. They simply follow the state laws, but some cities impose even stricter landlord-tenant laws than the state laws. And these cities tend to be really bad places for landlords to invest, uh, just places where you don't wanna own rental properties. So, and we're not gonna spend too much time on each one, you know, otherwise we'll be here all day, but let's just quickly walk through the the 10 worst cities in America for landlord-tenant laws. So Portland being number one, actually, which is where um, Marina was saying that she's right in the middle of selling her rental property uh, because of, of the anti-landlord laws there. Um, and you know, we'll give you a, a quick, so you know they don't. Portland, for example, does not let you let landlords non-renew tenants uh, without having quote A reason, just cause. Right. So the the end of the lease comes along and it becomes one one direct or unilateral where only the tenant can discontin- or can choose to not renew the lease. The landlord must renew the lease if the tenant wants to. Um, they They've, restrict rent increases. Yeah.
1: They even restrict amounts. Oh, yep. Yeah.
0: And they require the landlord to pay relocation assistance to tenants in for a wide range of reasons. Um, it, yeah, it's just nutty. So, that
1: to me was crazy when um, I was looking into some of these. That there, that relocation assistance, really? <laughs> Why don't we yeah, put them I mean, up in a hotel and yeah. <laughs> room service? Yeah,
0: sign right into the Hilton.
1: <laughs> Serious.
0: All right. So Denny, what's, what's number two on the list? Worst landlord cities. Number
1: two is New York city. And I'm sure most people who have, um, you know, heard New York city, they, you know, you know, New York (laughs) city. Yeah. I mean, they have the rent control and oh my goodness, there is who can move in, who can move out. And it's, if that's craziness and there's, um, organizations for tenants and there's organizations for organizations for tenants. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's so much help for the renters in New York just to make sure that the landlords are are doing what they want them to do basically. I mean, so New York is, and New York is, ex, is expensive.
0: Oh, it's crazy expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Tenants get free attorneys in New York city when, when the landlord goes hub. to evict yep. them. So the tenant breaks the lease, and then the city gives them a free attorney <laughs> to, to help them stay in their property, even though they broke the lease agreement.
1: Owners can't even remove um, their units from rent stabilization. There's like this whole protocol they have to go through. And the likelihood that it is removed is slim to none. Yeah, so you yeah, have no even. control. You, you basically buy a property that you have no control over. That's to me what it <laughs> seems like in New York. Sorry, New York.
0: <laughs> hey, I I have never owned any rental units there. I will never own any rental units there, you know.
1: <laughs> and Christina, you're because right. Not- um, New York City is another beast, but it's different in other areas. There is like um, outer areas in New York that it's not, not that bad there. And um, sure. since you bring that up, I drop us to number 10 on the list, which is where I'm from, which is Philly, Philadelphia. Now, Pennsylvania as a whole is more landlord friendly. When I was managing properties in the suburbs, I could get somebody out of an apartment and sometimes two weeks if, it, if the courts weren't busy. It wasn't that hard. Philadelphia, you could a year is not unheard of. Eight months, I mean, that's not unheard of. I, I was evicting somebody. The last person I evicted in Philly was probably about four or five years ago. And that's when I said no more no more i won't manage in philly or anything um you know i've had people ask me to manage the properties in philly and i've i've turned them down um because it's it's just ridiculous it's cho- it's like yeah you can't and i don't want to sit it, it's aggravating even cash for keys can be aggravate. oh my god it's it's just oh, yeah. and yet pennsylvania is, is not pennsylvania itself is not about You know, you can go to Pittsburgh or some of the outerlying areas, and it's nothing like Philadelphia.
0: Well, so we, we skipped some cities there. We went from we number did. two to number 10. <laughs> so, Denny, give us just a really quick overview of, of number three on the list and, and why we shouldn't invest there.
1: Well, Washington, D.C., go figure. <laughs> um, they, too, um, not only do you have to get a certificate of occupancy in D.C., but you also have to get an actual business license, a housing business license. Um, It's you have to register. Not only that, you also have to register with the rental accommodation division. Um, It's just there's so many divisions that get involved here that anything like a tenant can complain about something and then they can um, complain to one of those divisions and then you're that's all you need is one of them to step in an apartment, and I know you know what I'm talking about, Brian. Because once you get an inspector from one of these, um, oh, they'll rip your unit. Oh apart. my goodness! That you're looking yeah. at, you know, a plug that was broken, to the whole place needs to be completely redid or or whatever. But I mean, it's ridiculous, yep. and um, and watch- you'll
0: never be able to get the tenant out of there. You know, they'll they'll go a year without paying rent. Yes. And, yeah. And they'll just they'll find every loophole in the book to oh, stay in the, in the unit. Oh my goodness. Yeah. um
1: Washington also provides very out there for the tenants all their rights you know we, we got to tell them their rights and um and the, oh one of the craziest things Brian I found with uh Washington is the size requirements for the um how many people in a bedroom oh yeah that was that That was crazy to me,
0: which but, again hurts the tenants because you know a lot of lower income tenants they might want to put you know multiple children in a bedroom uh, may, maybe multiple adults in a bedroom yeah. you know sharing a room um, to save money right because maybe they don 't have a whole lot of money and they 're trying to save money by having more people in one one home right um, but d c prohibits it <laughs> you know allegedly to protect yeah, the the tenants. So, you know, it's a classic case of, you know, just like we were talking about uh, with Kevin earlier, how, you know, these protectionist policies ends up hurting the people they were designed to protect.
1: Exactly. And, and also um, they have heavy, you know, regulations around when you can charge late fees and, and all of those things. So DC's a, probably a place not to hang in, hang, hang your uh, rental sign in.
0: Yeah, and right up the road in Baltimore is number four. Uh, by, uh, I'll let you
1: explain that one. Wow, well, it's my hometown.
0: <laughs> I'm from Baltimore. You know, I, I I love Baltimore, but it's a very troubled city. um You know, they they actually just recently put into a, an effect a uh, a quote no uh, what is it non uh, no no evictions without just cause. Uh, but oh. it's not actually eviction. It's just non renewing tenants. Uh, At the end of their lease term Um, and there's all kinds of other crazy laws in Baltimore, you have to register with both a city authority and a state authority to pay fees to both you have to in between every single tenancy you need to have a lead paint inspection, um, which is difficult to pass, by the way, Um, it's very difficult to pass. And there's just, there's endless red tape in Baltimore and, and rules that make life really hard on landlords. You have to put the security deposit in an interest-bearing account, you know, which but and you have to pay the tenant interest, but you have to pay the tenant way more interest than what you can actually earn by putting money in a checking account or a savings account. So it's just, it's crazy. Uh, anyway, I, w- I don't want to get bogged down in any <laughs> one city here. So f- number five on the list is Detroit in Michigan. Yes. Uh, now, again... Um, you know, we our most recent co-investing deal, um, we we're partnered with Drew Sigit, uh, who's based in Detroit or right outside Detroit. Uh and we we bought a rental property there to fix up, but it's not actually in the city of Detroit, it's on it's on in the uh surrounding metro area. Um and you know, to Christina's point earlier, often you'll have these super protective cities uh in states that are right. actually have reasonable landlord tenant laws like christina said there's no rent control in upstate new york um so you know you can you can invest around the outskirts of some of these cities Mm -hmm. in many cases um just not within city borders pennsylvania Uh, most of
1: them yeah
0: yeah so you know kevin thompson says i would i would never invest in any of these cities mentioned for the reasons you've stated especially after 2020 um said on the flip side, the reason some people do is because certain areas like Hawaii, Southern California, New York City have experienced accelerated appreciation of value. And even if it's a pain to be a landlord or even break even, it's worth it financially speaking years down the road. Uh, But I still don't recommend it (laughs) is what he says. Well, you know,
1: I think that we um, forget there's a, a piece in there that's not really financial, but it's aggravation. And there is a cost to aggravation no and I, I think that sometimes I would rather make less and have less aggravation. Um, so, and that's something that you have to take into consideration too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No question. And Christina says, uh, there are some States that are super friendly to landlords like Arkansas, uh, but rents are so low, um, and not much in, and not much investment. Why? Um, So, you know, some, some landlords like to invest in more affordable real estate. Um, You know, there's, there's a diversification angle there, right? You know, you could potentially buy five properties in a a low, you know, a cheaper market for the same price. You could buy one property in a more expensive market. Um, Some people don't like to invest in, in lower cost real estate. Um, And we're, you know, aside from things like crime or, you know, Bad tenants or anything like that. Um, you know, there are plenty p- parts of the country where those are not issues in affordable markets. Um, some people just don't like to do it because they think that the the headaches that come along with each door don't aren't justified by the cash flow provided by each door. Um, it's that just comes down to your priorities as an investor. Some people would rather buy, like I said, a bunch of these lower cost units spread around. Um for the diversification value. Maybe one of those will be in a neighborhood that pops up in value. Um mm-hmm. or not. Um, but and other people don't like it. They'd rather have invest more money in one property that potentially cash flows more. Um, so that's just a you know, a, a judgment call for you as an investor. All right. Um, uh, so let's we can wrap this up with the cities here pretty quickly. Uh so Chicago, Illinois is number six, very unfriendly to landlords. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, and uh, Chicago, by the way, Denny is is the city with the heat ordinance that you were referencing earlier. So right. landlords can be fined up to five hundred dollars per day uh, if the heat breaks. So uh, that gets that adds up really fast. Uh, and you know, keep in mind too, when you have a, a major winter storm blow through a city like Chicago uh, and knock out a bunch of people's uh, HVAC or power or whatever, um, sometimes you can't get contractors in very quickly because every contractor in the city is out running around trying to, to Take fix all these things. broken, uh, properties. Especially so,
1: now anyway. with the shortage we have as it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, something to keep in mind. Uh, number seven on this is Los Angeles, major rent control in LA. Uh, a statistic that blew my mind about LA and rent control. 85% of the rental units in LA are under rent control. Eighty-five percent. Yeah, I I couldn't believe that when I saw that stat. Um, anyway, yeah, there's there's crazy laws in LA. San Francisco is number eight. Um, again, just nutty laws in. Limits in San on Francisco. rent
1: increases and.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't have uh, quote no cause evictions, which is again what we were talking about. How you can't non-renew tenants at the end of their lease uh, if you want to. Um, The only the only plot twist on this entire list, the only surprise was DeKalb, Illinois, which I may be mispronouncing, by the way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But all the rest of these are super uh, progressive cities that, you know, none of these are plot twists. None of these are surprises. The only one that was a little surprising was DeKalb, just because it's a small city many of us have never heard of. Right. but yeah they they have all kinds of goofy laws, and of course, uh Denny, you mentioned Philadelphia rounding out the top ten list at uh, at number ten, and I want to give an honorary mention to Seattle is another example of a really tenant friendly city that we're actually going to be adding to this list because it's it's also super tenant friendly, very anti landlord in its regulation uh, so <laughs> i I personally will never invest in any of these cities again i I have owned many properties in Baltimore. Um, over the course of my career, and honestly, it was just miserable. I'll never do it again. Um, I mean, I, and it's I told funny
1: this- how it's different because my father was uh, a big real estate investor, and most of his real estate investing was in Philly, was in Philadelphia. But it was but so different. different then. Yes, yeah, so so different back then.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I the last eviction that I had to do in Baltimore City. Um, it took me almost an entire year. It took 11 months to get this person out because they were what we call professional tenants where they just move from property to property, don't pay the rent, and use every loophole in the book to stay in the property as long as possible. Um, and you know, you can get away with that in cities like Baltimore that are super, super landlord-friendly. I'm sorry, tenant-friendly. <laughs> um, and yeah, when he moved out, he punched holes through every single cabinet, scratched up all the floors, ruined... it was... Yeah, the whole property i actually ended up abandoning that property Uh, that's how it was a total loss um so and again there's one more unit off the market right so uh well so denny any last comments you have about anti-landlord regulation across the country state level city level any thoughts on this uh before we call this episode complete
1: um i think that i mean look some of us have Properties already in the cities, and we have to kind of navigate. And if if you're in that position, just um, be very aware of the um, the laws and the regulations there, so that you can be ready. Because I think that, um, like when I I was telling you about the place in Philly where the last eviction in Philly and they have a fair housing commission there. And I'm thinking fair housing means, you know, Don't discriminate. discrimination, yeah. right? Well, it, it doesn't, it's a place where tenants can go and rile up anything to be honest <laughs> with you. And it's considered unfair housing. <laughs> um, and that's what this particular woman did. And she, there were legal fe- oh my gosh it was crazy but i i never heard of this fair housing commission i heard of it but i didn't think that's what it was and i think it's important for everybody if you have any properties anywhere you should know your laws big time no question. because you can't play um ignorance in this stuff anymore you know no. not that you could before but
0: no you need to know the local laws and you need to uh, abide by them or else you, you'll you get in all kinds of trouble fines you know there are criminal penalties in a lot of these cities by the way
1: um, which is crazy to me criminal
0: penalties on landlords who violate these landlord tenant laws uh, Christina says sometimes <laughs> we have to act like gangsters <laughs> lol <laughs> yeah well you know maybe maybe Vinny needs to show up with a baseball bat right <laughs> like,
1: I'm gonna get a gangster t-shirt for my gangster uh, landlord
0: Kevin Thompson says good info thanks guys um, and, you know, Zenny, the other option is you can sell. If you have properties in some of these cities, like Marina, the example we were giving earlier, the woman who commented on the article this morning, she's, she's sold. They're, they're selling their their rental property um, and getting out and they're, and they're going to go and turn around and, and put that money in mm-hmm. markets that actually want people to invest in, in rental housing there. Um, right. So, you know, where they will hope, probably earn higher returns for far fewer headaches. And that's, right really the the bottom line here and it does it ends up hurting the tenants who are who these legislations are are designed to protect so yeah it's it's totally counterproductive legislation um all right any final thoughts denny
1: no i did put in um the chat section or the chat area that uh we have states state summaries for most of the states that will give you a background on what you can and, and can't do um statewide and then of course we have the article that gives you some background on your cities, but check your cities out if you are investing in them.
0: Absolutely. All right guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We will catch you next week at two o'clock Eastern on the Spark Rental Facebook page. Have a great week.
1: See you later guys.
0: Did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information.